Hello and welcome to another episode of Untrue Crime, where fiction meets felonies. I'm Alex. And I'm Belle. Today's episode includes content warnings for gore and medical information. This is your fair warning that this podcast uses explicit language before someone walks in at the wrong time. As a last warning, today's episode includes gore and medical information. Let's get this started, shall we? We shall. Picture having an advanced computer that can be implemented in a human being in a tiny insertable chip. Location services, lock syncing, bio-tracking, internet connection, and application installation that can lead to nearly anything is all on a small chip that goes into the back of the neck to connect to the nervous system. This is the reality and the norm on the planet of Arachna, where cyberpunk is the name of the game. In the country of Sodas is the co- <laughs> I forgot what? I named it Orange. I, I didn't help work on this case, but I helped work on the universe and It's not I... Orange, it's Aragna. <laughs> it's Aragna. We scrambled the letters. We scrambled the letters by one, I believe. Yeah. We moved to the G. <laughs> In the country of Sodas is the headquarters for Crosswire, the giant company that makes all of these microchips and so much more. Crosswire dominates everything, especially the economy, though they have a significant hand in the government as well. This is they all dominate the everything. Dominate. With their hand? Wow. Very funny, very funny, Belle. I am very funny. Crosswire dominates everything, especially the economy, though they have a significant hand in the government as well. This is all due to the work of Disco Skathen, a man so rich, we don't have a word for it. More on him in a future episode. Today we're focusing on the people of Sodas, specifically Pasias, the capital. Pasias is a massive city, and it is where Crosswire is based. Like any major city, it has its good parts and its bad ones. The economy flourishes under the watchful eye of Crosswire, and the government's location means that it is a city of people from all over the planet. A hub of government where a puppet democracy is in place, people in the upper classes are generally happy. After all, they sit pretty with shares in Crosswire and a say in what happens in the world. But there are those that struggle, too, and Pasias is no stranger to crime. See, microchips are likely the most important product in the entire world. Everything runs on microchips. We've discussed ones for human beings, but there are hundreds of different variations. They power machines from giant manufacturing tools to self-cleaning trash bins. They can serve as the brains of cyborgs, androids, and robots. They power AI and essentially make the world go round. Some are cheaper than others. That depends on their capabilities. Generally, though, microchips are an important and an expensive investment that most people make. 82.7% of the humanoid beings in the world are microchipped, though this rate is disproportionate in developing nations. In humanoid? Personal... What, do you, what do you mean by humanoid? What, what is on this planet? So there are a lot of... All got aliens? Yes, there's a lot of different races and species that live on the planet of Arachna. There are humans, there are non-humans, all sorts of things. Wow. But humanoid would be, you know, creatures with... An arm, and another arm, and two legs, and a head, and a human-esque face. Human-esque so. appearance, and mostly biological function. Yeah, human adjacent. Are there things that aren't human that have a say in the world? Like, dogs don't run it, do they? No. So, there are alien species that can vary in appearance and stuff, and they're... They have different levels of intelligence that help determine whether or not they are considered a sentient being or not. There are also beings that are completely made of tech, and they are considered second-class citizens. Do they have a consciousness? They do have a consciousness, and they have free will, and they can experience a lot of things that humans can. It's very sophisticated AI. Okay, okay. But it's still AI. It is, in some scenarios. 
but it's intelligence. So it makes its own decisions. Does it make bad decisions? It can make good decisions. It can make bad decisions. They're pretty much just like you and I. So it's essentially a AC, artificial consciousness. Yes, yeah. And there's also beings that blend biology and technology that are part human, part machine, things like that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. Exciting. In most first world countries, around 95% of the population is microchipped, and 90.185% of those people are microchipped by Crosswire, especially as other companies are absorbed or crushed by the titan that is Crosswire. In second world countries, there tends to be a higher chip rate among men than women, and a similar discrepancy is shown between the upper and lower classes. In general, it is considered primitive not to be chipped, and it is often why some third world countries are considered lesser by those with greater influence. There are, however, organizations dedicated to donating chips to those they consider the less fortunate. Not that they don't skim off the top, of course. All androids, robots, and cyborgs are chipped as they need some kind of chip to function. Most made or repaired or updated in the last few decades have crosswire microchips, about 90.72%. Those without immediately have less sale value because their parts have less sale value due to being outdated models. Chips are often installed at birth for humans, though this is optional and up to the parents. 76% of babies born will receive a microchip at birth, but many choose to let their child receive one when they are older as a present or a coming of age. Chip surgeries have a 97.55% success rate, though this number can decrease based on location, the maintenance of the implanter, which decreases greatly if done manually, and the funding of the hospital that it is provided. Microchips are often destroyed upon death. So based off that paragraph, I do have a few questions. Fire away. You said that androids, robots, and cyborgs were of less value if they... Yes. Blah, 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 Are cyborgs not humans with robotic parts? They are, but they do. They are considered lesser or second class because they are not a fully biologic being. So if they, and their, their parts that are mechanical, if they are chipped with things other than crosswire chips, then those parts, and thus the being as a whole, loses value in the eyes of the society it's not right but it is classes what they live with okay that makes sense and my next question is why are microchips destroyed do they have the data of the person is it just a privacy issue or is it like oh bad microchip now it's been in someone so they are there's a couple reasons they're destroyed upon death and not all of them are It's just that they are most often destroyed upon death. So those that do opt for their microchip to be destroyed, which is most people, or most beings, really. Firstly, yes, they do carry the data of the user. So they are often discarded of immediately upon death. As soon as they get, if they get to like a morgue or something, those are going out the window right away. However, microchips can be wiped. You need specific software to do it. And if you wipe a microchip, more on that later, you can reuse it. But a lot of people, it's just considered like an ick. Like, no, that's someone else's microchip. That's been in someone else. That's gross. And others view it as a personal thing. Like, for example, some people choose not to donate their organs because they feel like they're they're like, no, those are my organs. So it's more of like a thing about... That's mine, and that's that's part of me. Personal and I don't want it to be reused. Yes, 
but some microchips are not destroyed upon death. Some are wiped and they are donated and then they are sent to third world countries because they it makes them it makes them cheaper if they have already been used. And you know, because they've been in someone. Exactly. So why in this hypothetically in this society, why would we give a brand new shiny microchip to somebody who is less quote unquote fortunate than I? So it's it's severe classism, essentially. Yes, yes it is. So the, the whole donation policy and the reuse of microchips is full of classism. It is also full of crime. But we are getting to that untrue crime. Okay, okay. I will, I will let you go on to that. I just had a okay. few questions. All right. Now, with chips being so important and valuable, there are people who choose unsavory ways of obtaining one, either to get it illegally implanted or to sell to someone who will get it illegally implanted. Let's take a look at this process. Microchip theft is a gruesome process that often results in the death of the victim. Because it is implanted in the back of the neck and connected to the nervous system, microchip owners are first jumped. After that, the chip is gouged out, which often results in the death of the original owner due to it being embedded in the nervous system and in such a critical part of the body. If not, people are often paralyzed. This microchip, bloodied and flashing red as it immediately alerts emergency services that it has been removed, can be taken to be wiped by someone shady. This is often done in the back of a vehicle, as there is a GPS in the chip, meaning that the devices synced to it are all aware of its location until it is wiped. So they have to act fast. They do, and if they are on the move in a car, it can be harder to catch them. The microchip wiping process depends on the software you have, so it depends on how sophisticated your setup is, how long it will take to wipe okay. a microchip. But you can, some can do it in five minutes, others it'll take like an hour. So you gotta have a really good getaway driver, because that's not a getaway driver, yeah. that's a chase. Yes, yes it is. Because if emergency services are automatically alerted, they will also be alerted to the user's location. So emergency services can go straight to that location. Will it be alerted of the microchip's location or the last location of which it was in a person? A microchip's location. So if you are wiping the microchip and you are on the move, the the tracker will follow you. Okay, so the person is just there to be dead? They're only looking for the microchip? Well... The reason why they go to, they can see like the history of the location of the microchip, so they can go and assist the person, but if they're dead, they're going to go out like, and law enforcement is going to go after the people that took the microchip rather than helping the person who is injured. Okay. If, or if so or it's dead, a divi- you know, because there's not much you can wear. It's a fire, fire department always goes with an ambulance. You know, a microchip gets stolen, you got police on the run, and then you have an ambulance and probably a fire truck to the scene. Yes. Or their version of such things, yes. Um. Therefore, criminals wipe it quickly and drive away. A wiped or clean microchip will then be taken to an illegal implanter. Some have stolen or self-made implant machines. Others attempt to do it by hand. Either way, it is a risky and often unsanitary process that can have serious consequences, but it's cheaper than getting it done professionally. This is only one method of microchip theft. Devices exist to nullify the removal alerts. Some people who do not have toxic substance alerts on their chip are drugged. Others sell their chips. There is no one way of microchip theft. There are crime organizations that revolve around the trafficking of microchips because it can be a very lucrative business. 
They often take from live people, as most deceased people have their microchips destroyed or sold and sent back to Crosswire to be wiped and donated, or scrapped for parts even. However, robbing corpses, especially the recently deceased, also occurs. Today we are talking about the microchip murders of Pasias, a series of violent killings that took place in Pasias over the course of a year with a victim every single day. Wow. Are their years longer or shorter than ours? Or are they, they are, the exact same? They're about the same. Okay. While processes for getting victims changed, the murders themselves were always the same. After a victim was subdued, their throats would be slit and their microchips would be cut out. However, these incidents were unlike other similar crimes, like microchip theft in its original form. At first, that seemed to be what it was. After all, the victims were dead and their microchips were missing. However, it was strange that their throats were slit and that there was a victim every single day on a consistent schedule. The victims also shared some similarities. They were all upper-middle-class citizens, all male, and they, of course, were all microchipped. They also were all killed at night, with their throats opened. Other than that, there was nothing that bound them together. Not age, as everyone from little boys to grown men were killed. Not race, as humans... Yep, there are... No babies! Yeah, yeah, all the the upper-middle-class males had to beware. No. Race was not a factor either, as humans and non-humans were killed indiscriminately. And location wasn't either, as killings stretched across the entire city. How big is this city? It became a widespread... It's big. It's a big, big city. If you think about, like, this is the city for the planet. Mm -hmm. Imagine, like, New York, but, like, five of them on steroids. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can do that. It became a widespread source of panic, as with one person dying every day, especially people that the class of society cared about, there was a constant fear to the answer of the question, who will be next? With bodies piling up, no DNA evidence, and no witness sightings, the investigative forces were losing their minds trying to figure out what to do. Leads were scarce, and most of the anonymous tips submitted were just scared citizens speculating that their neighbors were odd. They were also overrun with emergency distress calls from people who saw something as simple as someone standing outside their house that they thought could be a threat. Fuck, did they start sending people out? to respond to these calls or did they eventually give up be like are they actually suspicious they did slowly start to not respond to calls also because as the number of calls increased they just didn't have enough personnel to answer every single one even if they wanted to even if they were threats so they had to have emergency services assess the threats and see what they really thought was a threat and what was not i have a feeling i know how that went based on the society that they live in yeah Things got worse when the forces declared that the killer must not be a single murderer after all, but a group of them. The attacks were too widespread and too constant to be done by the same person every time. There had to be an organized element to all this. Friend turned on friend as people realized that not only could anyone be a threat, but a whole multitude of people around them could be. From there, the forces were only more overloaded. I'm gonna say ACAV, but I do feel bad for the firefighters and ambulances. Yes, there were a lot of people that their jobs were very busy thanks to all this. There actually started to be some volunteer forces, like citizens' watches and stuff. Volunteer forces never sat well with me. No. It gives random people power trips. No, and they weren't very effective either. They were... They were more of what you would call, like, a neighborhood watch. Oh. Where people would band together 
Oh, man. I've never seen a successful neighborhood watch. No. You know, you know things are bad when, like, you're calling the police and the police are like, perhaps you should instigate a neighborhood watch. Maybe you should just be better. Maybe you should just get an extra lock on the door. Good luck. Have you have you tried adopting a dog? You. Yeah, we can't help you. There's too many people to help. We can't help you. Good luck. Here's some life-saving tips. If you find yourself in a dark alleyway, don't be. And if you find yourself in your house, don't be. And if you find yourself in the city, <laughs> don't be. <laughs> Why don't you just leave? There's a little survivalist pamphlet. It's like, you know when, when COVID hit and the government was like sent out those pamphlets about washing your hands? <laughs> when we still had no idea what COVID was and people were like dropping dead. That's about what it oh, felt like. Oh, wow. Yeah, and COVID was a nightmare. Yeah, and in this scenario, you know, no one had any idea. It's It's actually pretty similar to COVID, I guess you could say, because early COVID at least, because no one had any idea what was going on. People were dying. And basically, the professionals that were supposed to help were like, we cannot help. There are too many people to help. There's nothing we can do. They didn't get a single break in the case until halfway through the year of hell that was inflicted on Besaias. That was when someone hacked the screens that covered the city and broadcast a message. On it, a hooded, masked figure with a distorted voice spoke. Here's what it says. People of Pisaeus, it has come to my attention that you wish to know what will happen to you. I assure you there is no reason to fear for those of you who adhere to the ways of goodness, for those who work for what they have, who persevere when times are hard on their own, and who see the world the way it should be, you are safe. You have nothing to fear from me nor my kin. But for those that step on the backs of others to get where they want to go, those that toss people that they deem lesser to the side to suffer for their benefit, if you want the world to remain as is, all of your money cannot save you now. You will take your chips until the year is out, and this Oskathan shall be the last to fall. This caused panic, especially when people realized that Disco Skathan himself was the final target. Did these people work their way up the classes until they reached the top? Did that mean they were in danger? But now, the forces had a better idea of what was going on. This was not a microchip theft string of attacks. This was a political statement, a backlash to the system that kept those in power on top and those without, well, without. It also confirmed the theory that the perpetrator was not one individual, as they originally believed, but a collection of them. An entire rebellion, in fact. The year continued on. People kept dying. Some were silently supportive of the uprising of the lower classes. Others condemned it, saying it was abhorrently wrong. Others fell somewhere in the middle, arguing that it was not an unreasonable stance, but that this was the wrong way to go about bringing change. Debates ensued, riots broke out, and the city descended into chaos. Things calmed as the year went on, though, because people are prone to caring until they just don't anymore. Time passed. People became used to there being another dead person every day. Those that cared were those in the upper classes, but the general public became less and less interested in the sensation and spectacle that was happening. So, basically, it's a moral dilemma amongst the classes, is some of the classes are like, eat the rich, and some of the classes are like, I'm the rich! Exactly. I can't, and I can't do this! Like, there's still others that are like, listen, I hate them too, but you can't keep killing children. It's not right. Yeah, the so, children Which is about really where I stand. Yeah. They, they can't just go about murdering 
to random people. Especially not children. That makes you a child murderer. That's not okay. Yes, I I stand for children, as we all know. The more middle class start, not a huge vibe. We want to go for high class, high profile. Mm-hmm. Yes, in this world, generally, the people that are truly doing the oppressing are a very small percentage at the top. And originally, they were targeting more of the upper middle class, which generally are not much of a threat to the lower classes. They are not doing much. Okay, uh, okay. More on that later. Things calmed as the year went on, though, because people are prone to caring until they just don't anymore. People became used to there being another dead person every day. Those that cared were those in the upper classes, but the general public became less and less interested in the sensation and spectacle that was happening. That is, until an arrest was made. An unidentified woman was taken into custody for 52 hours. What happened in there, the world may never know. But she was announced to be dead 52 hours after she entered the forces building. The forces emerged with a name, Lux Riker. Lux Riker was born rich. His parents had invested in Crosswire early and were business partners of Disco Scathens. They worked alongside the company, providing copper for wiring for many years, sourced from their mines in a foreign country. However, war broke out in said country, and the mines were taken over by rebellion forces. The Rikers lost their source of copper, and with no use for them, Disco Skathen allowed the contract between the two industries to expire instead of renewing it. The Rikers lost it all, bit by bit, until one day Lux's family was attacked by chip gougers. Free, but grieving and in great pain, he chose to hate the world from which he came. After all, not one of the family's wealthy partners or friends reached out to help them when they went under. Instead, they had to fend for themselves like everyone else and ended up dying over their microchips. Lux wanted the upper class to feel just as he had felt. So, he hey, founded the I Larian hate to say party. this. Womp, womp. <laughs> I know, like, boo-hoo, oh. are you middle class now? Oh no, my, my parents lost their giant mansion and now I have to live in an apartment like a normie. Oh exactly. my god! That is the energy it gives off. I will say he's totally valid for being upset about his parents being murdered. Yeah, but here's... you would think that he would hate chip gougers after that. You would think that like that is who he would turn his wrath upon. But no, he blamed the upper class for allowing them to go under, and he basically felt like, oh well, we died because we were no longer upper class. Listen, if, the like, upper class is a huge issue, but it wasn't this particular issue. It was not. It was not. You just became the people that you hate. Yeah. yeah. So, he founded the Laren Party, a political party dedicated to the toppling of the class system, and specifically the elitism based on microchips. It was a small faction at first, but it grew in popularity, especially among those in the lower classes that had no chips. They wanted people to fear having fancy, expensive crosswired chips so that they, with their lack of chips, became the desired state of being. Thus, the attacks began, focusing on a specific demographic. First, males, because globally, men are more likely to be microchipped than women, statistically speaking. They wanted to go after the complete upper crust, the true upper class, but once one reaches a certain threshold of money, it becomes more difficult to murder them without a lot of resources. Oh my god! And that is why they went after the upper middle class, because that's about as high-reaching as they could get with the resources. Lux, did you not have any sympathy when you got your apartment? <laughs> Those are your neighbors, bro. Those are your neighbors. 
You babysat for them when you were scrapped from body. You went to their grocery store, man. So that is why the real perpetuators of the class system were not the ones that were coming under attack. They were who Lux and his followers wanted to target, but they couldn't. So they just decided on the next best thing, and that's, they went, went a little lower in the class system and chose That's somewhere. not fair. That's No, it's not. So it was the X1% that was like, you know what? Middle class is fine. Upper middle is fine. Like, these are rich people that they are, they are attacking. Like, Let's take them out. Like, this in, is like lawyers world, and doctors yes, that they're taking like out. Lawyers, doctors, dentists. They're not going after, like, the CEOs of the biggest companies that are, like, drowning in money. They're just going after the richest people they can reach. That's terrible. That's awful. But simply taking the microchip wasn't enough. This group wanted to instill... (laughs) Man! This group wanted to instill Lux, you're getting back into wealth. You You want to go after microchips so badly? There's a lucrative business there. Take after your parents. Destroy the middle class for your own sake, why don't you? That is part of what is so interesting. Lux, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it, but Lux never sold these microchips. So the man was crying about being middle class like the rest of us. And mm-hmm. instead of selling his illegal microchips, he was like, It's for the statement. I don't need money anymore. Yes. Um, I got all of my parents' inheritance. He was forsaking, like, the, the, the rich class. He didn't want to be rich anymore. He, it was all about a cause. Okay, Lux. Yeah, you fight the system, buddy. Change starts with murder. That's what they always say. So the reason why taking it wasn't enough was because this group wanted to instill fear, and Lux wanted revenge. Therefore, the victims' throats were slit to ensure they would not survive and to paint an extra gruesome crime scene for the media to photograph and display. Lux's followers grew, and they took on the challenge with fervor, taking turns killing one person every day. That is so polite of them. Oh, yeah. it's, it's Jeremy's turn today, so I'm just gonna stay in. It's- it's not my turn to commit a murder today, so I'll just, I'll wait. Oh, my, my turn. Ring. My oh, is that my birth Saturday. control alarm? Oh, no, that's my murder alarm. Oh, <laughs> me. I can't believe I got those mixed up. My bad. I almost killed someone on the wrong day. <laughs> you know how I get. I haven't had my birth control yet. That's <laughs> It's hard to keep a consistent murder schedule. I wonder, I wonder if they had, like, a chart. That's what I want to know. I want to know if they had, like, a little chore chart with, like, I want to know if they, they had, like, the names of all the people they're going to kill in, like, little paper cl- or uh, clothespins with their names on them next to them. They, like, rotated out the, the clothespins. Like, look, today is Saturday, so we're putting this person's lip on the chart because it's their day to do the murder. Lisa. Lisa, we know you've been Lisa. wanting this one. Promotion. Look, listen, everyone. Look, look. I see. Now we've been over this. It is not. If your clip is not on today's date, it is not your turn to commit a murder. I'm convinced that some of these people point. treated it like an MLM, where they're like, "Oh, you just have to join this cause." <laughs> yeah. 
it's really collaborative and that's what I like about it. I love the sense of community that I get here and you know, I just make so much more money now that I'm murdering my bosses. Exactly. They did have a wife and kids and their children are now left in severe debt from their medical school practice. But that's okay because you know what? I stole his mm-hmm. wallet. You know, he was just a real <laughs> dick of an actuary. So I think that I did the right thing, actually. You know, that healthcare provider was rude to me once. So I'm going to take them mm-hmm. out. Yeah, yeah. I understand that he's just a simple vehicle salesman that isn't actually 1%. But, like, I feel like I could have gotten a better deal on that space pod. So you know what? I would like to take Sunday's murder and take out that guy. That guy, you know, he he may not be the CEO of this car company, but he does sell them. And isn't that promoting the 1%? We all work for a corporation, except for me. If you come work with my small business, we'll make sure that you have flexible workout. (laughs) Well, we do have flexible work hours. We have enough members that you can decide which day you want to commit a murder. So it's so easy. It's so fast. It is the quickest way to make a buck. (laughs) However, after the unidentified woman was arrested, the jig was up. Lux's headquarters were raided, the Laren party was dismantled, and its followers were sent to prison, where they have not been heard from since. Among the documents found were the rest of the plans. With these derailed, their leaders in jail, and a black mark on anyone who is associated with the party, they retreated into the shadows. You'd be hard-pressed to find a member willing to admit to being part of the group today, as it is punishable by life in prison. So, is the group an associated crime membership? Or is it just a belief system? Officially, it's kind of like... Officially, they are not a crime organization. But it's kind of like, you know, during Cold War, if you were associated with communism, Ah. like, people were like, oh, you gotta go. So not entirely valid, but a little bit valid? Yeah. So if you were associated with this political party... After they were dismantled, because they, not everyone in the party committed murders. If you were associated with the party, obviously you would come under suspicion and you could be sent to prison. By life in prison, I should also note, I think it's very important to remember the fact that these people have not been heard from since they went to prison. No, they're dead. They're 100% dead, or they've been put in their own special prison where they're being tortured with microchips. Yeah, (laughs) tortured with microchips. Yeah, they... I don't know what they're capable of. They are not getting, you know, they're not not exactly receiving proper justice. So you do not want to be associated with this party. There are two extremes. We're we're battling extremes here, where there's the extremist view of murder everyone. And the extremist view of murder everyone. Exactly. It's just a matter of which class you want to murder. Exactly. And I'm sure that a lot of them didn't have any intent to murder. I think it was just... At least, not the good people. No, I'm I'm certain there are plenty of people who associated with the Laren party who 
just saw this whole the whole the original like you know the facade of it where it's like there should not be elitism over microchips and they were like yeah no there shouldn't and that's not bad there shouldn't not be elitism bad. over microchips but the problem is the deeper you get into the party eventually like you're then they're like people shouldn't have microchips so those that have the fancy microchips should hate themselves for having it and then they're like especially when in this universe microchips can be life saving or life altering i know of some cases in this universe that people wouldn't exist without microchips and the technology built and that was a start for them and so many people i the percentage of people that are microchipped at birth meaning it's not even something that they initially choose is 76 percent so seems it is it it is an intense moral case so everyone knows that i love intense moral cases if there's a morally indifferent vibe to anything i'm all over it i love moral discussions this is one where i can definitively say that murder i don't stand for it no Something had to be done, but this was this in was my the wrong way opinion, to do this it. Was not the way to do it. You don't just go about killing children, even if even if these were children of the top one percent. You can't just kill children. You're gonna make Batman. Well, actually, Batman right. had Batman <laughs> reverse Batman. Yeah, um, it was reverse <laughs> Batman. Point being, they went after the wrong class. If they wanted to make a statement. Maybe murder is the way to go about it because these people are so powerful, nothing else will touch them but the threat of murder. But you can't go about killing people that worked for their money. Again, mm-hmm. doctors, lawyers, and it, people with just high paying jobs, not the CEOs. You got to go after the CEOs or even the CFOs. Personally, or UFOs. I, I think that there are certainly some upper class people. Who might have? You know, they might. They might have, they might have uh, deserved, deserved it. to be roughed up by the Laren party. Disco skate that himself. Hell yeah, a hundred percent to be take him out. Totally decimated by them. More on that in another episode. But even even so, like you can't. I personally, I still don't think that they should have just started murdering people, especially the wrong group of people, especially children. Children. You can't do that. You can't kill kids. You can't do it's it. It's wrong. It's not right. <laughs> That's our political statement of the day. Don't um, kill children. All the real, all the, ignore all of the real political connotation to this, this story. Today we're saying, don't kill kids. It's not right. Children are children. You can't just kill children. It's not right. Even children should never be involved in a moral discussion. Children need the time to develop, and when they're adults, they can participate in moral discussion. But children are not pawns for politics, or anything else for that matter. Children should be allowed to be children, even in this very not messed up worry. universe. They were, they were not included in the political discussion. They were just murdered. Okay, so they were a political pawn. Yeah. Much yeah. better. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they were, they were, they got their throat slit to make a statement. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's sarcastic. I know that my tone is always off, but I wanted to make sure. I don't 
support very clear that we do not support like children existing happily. We support when children are happily existing to the best of their ability. And alive. Yes. Yes. Lux Riker left 234 people dead in his movement, including, as we have mentioned, children. This is terrible. His His goals were not accomplished, and the system that he sought to ruin was not dismantled. Life went on in Poseidus, and Disco Skathen continues to hold his crown. We do not know what will come in the future. But until that day comes, Poseidus will continue to function the way that it always has. Here's my thing. This extremist movement is almost against the idea of change. Because if you want to advertise yourself, sometimes those big moves are the way to go. But 234 people, including children? Come on, man. That just makes you look like a psychopath in the most... It's like mentally friendly way. Genuinely, I cannot support any political movement that says, let's murder a specific group of people because that's, that's bad. So I, I just think that murder is bad. I think that they personally, I'm on the side of, Yes, something had to change. Things could not go on like this. There needed like, to be a revolution. Be there did not need to be a string of murders. No, and they, especially such gruesome, horrible murders. Like, these aren't just like, you know, they, they didn't just like, you know, shoot someone and walk away. They like cut open their throats and gouged out their microchips and it left makes them for dead. The narrative the of this the political push to dismantle the class system look like a violent act. It fuels the 1% ideology that the lower classes are violent. And there is so much, there are so many ways they could have gone about making this statement without murdering a bunch of kids. Yeah. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Send in your thoughts, theories, questions, and, um, Moral, moral qualms. hypothesis. Moral, moral. If you have qualms, moral qualms, moral... I will take them. It does not matter if Please. it's about untrue crime. I will answer all of them with an entertaining commentary and absurd amount of vocabulary. We would love for you to send in your moral opinions on this case because we read them all. Promise. So anyway, send those in to untruecrimethepodcast at gmail.com or contact us through our social media for a chance to be featured at the end of the season during our Q&A. Bye! Bye! Bye.